Welcome to Friend Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Law. And welcome to a special episode 14. Going to be a little shorter episode since uh, no, just, we say that now. Game seven recaps and round two previews. So I guess we'll just jump right into the game seven recaps. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been <sighs> it was a fun, fun game seven series. What, what did you think, D Law? Oh, the Carolina Boston game was scary. Game seven was, I mean, it just, it lived up to its huge, the whole series. Um, it was a really, really exciting. And I just got to say that um, I got that prediction right. I called Carolina in seven. Uh, you said Carolina in six. six. So, but, but at least you had Carolina right. <laughs> That's the one thing I had right. But, but as far as everything, every, everything else, as far as everything else, we didn't get right. I think I got two right, and you got one. Oh, I'm a so, winner. Um, Thanks for uh, me number one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it was a physical game, uh, as, as as always. And um, Marshawn was kind of – he was quiet, both offensively and uh, physically. <laughs> He was and just a, uh, I'm wondering if that's, that's why he lost. I think he was a duster. Well, he wasn't a duster because he had a lot of ice time. But um, interesting fact on this game seven, Carolina and Boston, the home team won each game by plus two goals. Now, game seven wasn't a two-plus game, but it probably should have been. Um, uh but uh, the, the officiating continues to be questionable at the best in this and at in this series. I don't you know. Consistent. I, I, I think it's the way with all the other game sevens too. Uh, they called Craig Smith for a penalty for a roughing penalty, and um, it'll just look like a body check. Yeah, I I'm saw like, that. I'm like, is this a youth hockey? And, um, but, uh, I feel like what they were trying to do is get the game under control, like early on and set a, set a precedent. But we're in game seven. Both teams are playing to move on to the next round of the, the cup playoffs. It's not going to be a fun, loving, you know, non checking game. Like it's going to be physical. It's going to be fast. It's going to be just, it's going to be a very quick paced hockey game. And if the refs have let that go all series long and now you start calling it, yeah, you're going to see a lot of penalties. And it's just, again, the inconsistency that the, the refs have been not all season, but now in the playoffs as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the crowd really got into, Behind Carolina from the start, I mean, it was a deafening crowd. It's the largest crowd ever at PNC Arena, and uh, but and that really, that really, uh, that's why they're the king. Got, 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 that that's that's really got Carolina going, and got this uh, 
um, got got their lead. Um, they they won three or two. Um, but Tara Biden scores first on a great. There was a great goal. Um, that was uh, late late in the first actually. So you know, the first period was really good. And then uh, they go up 2 nothing on Max Domi, who actually had uh, two goals in this game, and he was a trade deadline acquisition. And that's uh, uh, that, that seems like a theme going uh, as, we, you know, other series. And then uh, DeBrusque ties, uh, went ahead or, or, or cut the lead in half, and then Domi scored his second to give him a 3-1 to lead before Pasternak scored late in a third, which um, – if it wasn't for that goal, they, you know every team would have won by plus, the home team would have won by plus two, as I mentioned. Um, I, I noticed. I don't know. I thought McAvoy. Um, he he hit Shea. Um, Shea was heading to the bench, and then McAvoy. I thought he stuck his leg out. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Um, but I just thought that was kind of a cheap hit by McAvoy. I don't know if McAvoy's a cheap, cheap hitter if he's got if he's got history at that. But um, I actually think he does. I don't know. I think, but it's it, but it's Boston. I don't know if it was intentional or. But again, it's because you know, he was heading to the bench. It's the playoff Boston team. Of course, it was intentional. Oh, um, Carolina thought they scored a goal with two fifty-five left, but I don't. They didn't count it, and I don't know. I didn't really didn't get to it see the replay. It didn't, didn't, didn't it didn't go in. Oh, okay, because it looked like it looked like it went in, but uh, as I said, um, it did. They all raised their hands, and the play kept going. Kind of, kind of like the other game last night, or uh, yeah, last night. But um, as I mentioned, uh, it should have been a plus two goal game, a plus two goal win for Carolina because uh, Shea went to clear the puck in front of the net, and his stick just shattered. I mean, it, I mean, it didn't even look like it was that hard of a clearing. I don't know what happened. It was already, it must have already been broke. And it just, I mean, it, yeah, it just shattered. That was with 20 seconds left. Or um, yeah. that, and, and, and it actually, there was a little bit more than 20 seconds because it ended up, Boston ended up keeping it in, and then they ended up scoring with 20 seconds left. They did, yeah. And um, the one thing is, uh, after the game, I, I thought, I just want to mention before we move on to the Toronto Tampa Bay series, um, a little, uh, we had a little press conference crasher. Uh, Auntie, is it Ronti? What's his name? Auntie? Auntie? Auntie I don't know. His uh, little uh, six-year-old, five-year-old daughter, Evelyn Ranta, crashed uh, crashed his post-game conference. (laughs) We're giving him a hug. I thought that was kind of yeah. That's all. That's all I got for um, for the Carolina series. Yeah, Tampa Bay and Toronto ended just how I thought it would. Um, you know, Toronto is just, I, I, D-Law, how do you think about this theory? They're cursed. Toronto Maple Leafs are cursed. Well, I don't know. Is that like the Red Sox curse or the, uh, President's Trophy curse? I think Toronto's just cursed. They can't get out of the first round of the playoffs, even though they have a, you know, a super, a superstar lineup. Um, for some reason, they just can't 
get out of the first round. I, I, I think just, it was a moron coach. Yeah, you think so? But yeah, I just, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised, uh, but I'm not because Tampa Bay, again, you know, they're going for the three-peat. They know what it takes to win a cup. They they know what it takes to win, you know, in in the playoffs. Um, but I have to say Vasilevsky played an incredible game. 31 shots that he took, um, you know, only letting one in. Just he stood on his head the whole game. He kept him in that game. Uh, they should have made him the, the definitely the player of the game. Um, but what, one thing that happened in this game, and you and I had a little bit of a discussion about it, was Braden Point um, took a weird kind of a collision fall into the boards. Now, D-Law, you, you are convinced that he fell on his own. I still feel, if you watch the replay, a stick comes in, taps his skate, and just causes him to blow that tire. I don't know. It looked like... The tire. It looked like he was about where it looked like his leg had started giving out, and then uh, he then, then the stick hit him as he was going down. From from my vantage point, and I saw it a couple times, and it just looked like it just you could see his leg buckled before he got hit. Yeah, I'm just I'm wondering what he uh, I'm wondering what he ended up injuring, uh, but yeah, that was unfortunate. Uh, haven't heard anything since then. I don't know if you have D Law, but. Uh, yeah, but he went out and he was not. Um, no, I'll, I'll try to dig something up for for Friday's show. Okay, yeah, that'll work. But yeah, so Toronto Tampa Bay it actually wasn't as physical as I had anticipated it to be. Um, I think it was one of those more of a desperation mode, just needing to, you know, get a win, move on to the next round. So, um. Yep, they had 31 shots, and uh, Tampa Bay only had 25. I thought they only had mid-20s. But I think the player of the game here is a last-minute trade deadline acquisition in Nick Paul. He came out of nowhere, I feel like, and he had that sweet one-handed poke. I mean, that was just extremely heads-up. Had a big, juicy rebound and saw that he wasn't going to get a shot, so reaches – the stick out just enough to poke, Max told me. poke shot. Yeah, it was just, it was great. I mean, just a complete, complete setup. It was just, I don't know. He, he played really well. Morgan Riley gets the only goal for Toronto, but you know, again, they fell short. They, you know, I'm just Austin Matthews didn't show up at all. Didn't show up at all. Biggest game in his career, potentially game seven against a team that they can beat. You're playing on a, a team again of of all stars on your lineup, and you do nothing. You get, he gets an assist. We'll give him that. But when you have sixty goals in a season, they need you to score now. Where was Johnny T? Where was Johnny Tavares? No what, what? Which is funny because I mean the playoffs. It seems like it's always the you know. The, the third, fourth line players, the grinders, if you will, that get these get these goals. It's like, uh, I mean, this 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 season's a little bit different because it's been a lot of a lot of offensive uh, games, but yeah, it I'm just seems like the, say, it seems like the scores don't show up or something. Yeah, and I'm also not going to say that that Matthews isn't elite. He's again, he's probably the best hockey player playing the game right now. 
him or probably Connor McDavid. But in the playoffs, the real winners find ways to win. That's how that's just that's what it is. You find a way to get it done. And Matthews has yet to get his team out of the first round of the playoffs. Can he just not show up, you know, come playoff time? Nerves? Well, I don't I don't know what it is. Are teams changing their strategies? Possibly. But yeah, did not show up at all. I mean, I'm not saying he had a terrible series, but this is game seven. This is all or nothing. They needed more production from Austin Matthews in these types of situations. Again, elite player. There's no reason he couldn't have, um, you know, created more offense. But that's all right. They are gone. The curse lives on. Toronto is is done. So that is it for Tampa Bay. Toronto 2-1. Tampa Bay wins it. They move on. Yeah, I just want to touch base. Um, it kind of, the, you know, the referee actually got in the way of uh, Kucherov, who was actually going to have a breakaway. <laughs> I don't know if he would have scored on it, but it, you know, it prevented him. Maybe it was a Toronto defense. <laughs> the referee was playing defense for Toronto. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a fortunate, fortunate situation. And. Um, so, uh, moving on to the Edmonton LA King game, I, I actually kind of, I mean, it was a, it, it was a good game, but I kind of, I was actually falling asleep during that. I mean, yeah, it was a late game, but, but, um, quick up until this game was three. I'm not that old. Uh, quick up until this game was four and all in game sevens. Edmonton, uh, Edmonton wanted a penalty, and one, and um, they were calling for a penalty on the Kings, and I believe it was the second period. Um, but it was actually uh, their own teammate stick uh, that hit that hit. Um, it was Duncan Keith. I don't remember who 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 he had, but his own teammate. It's like so the refs actually got that call right. Um, I think they they did actually have to. Um, they did have to uh, review it, but um, I didn't know they could review penalties. But um, uh, you're, you're uh, one of your favorite ex-players uh, in Andreas Athanasiu. Uh, he he saved a goal, and at the time it was. That was uh, sweet. That I mean, was it was player. like if it wasn't he, it would it would have been. I think it was zero zero at the time, or uh, yeah, uh, the Oilers won two to nothing. Um, but the Kings just, they were flat. They got outshot 25 to eight in the second period, 42 to 20 in the game. And Mike Smith gets his, uh, gets a shutout. So you know who I so, kind of feel for? I feel for quick. I feel like he's coming to the end of the road and this was kind of his last, his last hoorah, if you will. And to go out like that, I mean, he faced what? 42 shots. You said, yeah, it was 42 to 28. I mean, the Kings just—they—they they look tired. They or, or as Edmonton just controlled the puck because I mean, LA couldn't even get out of their zone. Yeah, but I just think I think quick. Um, I, I was hoping I was hoping he was going to get it this year because, like I said, I don't think he's got much much more left in the tank. Maybe he does, but I thought uh, uh, his his uh, his year, his Cinderella year. 
And I felt bad for um, for um, Dustin Brown for for Brown too, because you know he's retired the last time, and he went right down the tunnel and after the handshake line, and didn't even stay out for the ice. So, but it's got to be pretty emotional, uh, though. Yeah, I mean, it's just like yeah, his last game, and like let's put it in you and beer league. Like the last time you lace up the skates and you say, you know what, this is it. Oh, God. I, who knows when that's going to be. Hopefully, I, I still got another. That day comes, yeah. You're going to be beside yourself. I know. Put yourself in a pro level. Uh, yeah, every, everything's magnified even more. Let's go to the Calgary Dallas series before we get to the Pittsburgh Rangers because that's got a lot of, a lot of interesting tid, tidbits for, for that one. So, uh, Let's have you do the Calgary Dallas series, game seven. Yeah, this was a good game. Um, I watched most of it. Uh, I I do will say I didn't watch all of it, but this was a good game. This this was a game. Um, you know they were all they they left it all out there. Game ended. You know, just to kind of cut to the end. This was an overtime game. Seven. I don't think there's anything more exciting in the world than watching an overtime game seven. There's so much on the line and I just, I can't imagine the emotions that these kids are going through. And we had two of them yesterday. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But uh game starts off and Calgary actually looked a little bit flat. The defenseman got lost and Ben crept into this, into the slot, um, easy, you know, quick one, nothing, uh, Dallas. And again, Calgary just kind of looked, looked flat. You know, they had a, uh, they had a few, a few posts. So, you know, the iron was, was definitely not their friend, but, uh, Markstrom came up huge. Now Markstrom after get letting in that goal, his game pulled a complete 180. The kids started playing on fire. The saves he was making were incredible. He kept that team at a one nothing, um, at a one nothing game. I mean, he was just saving everything that came at him. Um, but in the second period, I, there's one in particular. The puck trickles out, and he's kind of in the middle of the crease. Pavelski comes up takes a snapshot the kid squeaks across the ice in a split stance the entire time and robs him with the glove it was an incredible save but yeah again the kid played great but you know right after ben scores you know the second period they come out to fully gets gets a goal x red wing follows that up uh vlad nemestikov uh nets his first of the playoffs uh to give calgary the 2-1 lead or the yeah the two one lead, and then to Chuck the kid's been playing great hockey. He's a pest out there, been causing problems the entire time for Dallas, and he gets the game tying goal. So head into overtime, again nothing like it, but into overtime, Johnny Goudreau, he gets an assist. Guess who's on the uh, helper list? Matthew to Chuck. The kid's playing great. <clears throat> He's finding ways to get points. That's a kid that's finding ways to win. 
not comparing him to Austin Matthews, but I think his grit and tenacity, he's finding ways to contribute to his team in the playoffs, especially in a game seven. Hats off to that kid, even though I can't stand him. Um, I just want to touch. I, I don't know what your thoughts on it. Um, good Branson. I, 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 don't, I think he's done this before. Uh, he, he, I don't remember who was Dallas. Dallas, one of the Dallas players, I don't remember who it was, was going to hit him, Good Branson, and just as he got, just as the Dallas player hit him, Good Branson turned his back. And I just thought it was a a, a, a really crappy play by Good Branson, and I, I think he's done that You've before. I don't more know. More players do that, though, where they turn their back. I don't know, maybe. More and more people get hurt turning their back. So why they do it? They, yeah, they draw a two-minute penalty, but they, they get it, more injuries. I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe he didn't. I don't. It just looked like it to me. I don't know. I I, I could be totally wrong. I, but I just it just looked like it to me. And I just wanted to uh, mention Ottinger. He set a franchise record in Game Sevens with sixty-four saves. I, yeah, I felt I bad. Was, I was really I was really hoping Dallas to to to, to win. Um, I think I think he's the one guy that I don't want to say got snubbed, but he's the one guy that I really think, you know, he, he showed up for his team. We'll put it that way. Robertson didn't didn't do much. I mean, it was just again, this is game seven where you're you're leading. I think you to find ways to to, to contribute. To, to, uh, I think well, they're younger players, so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't not sure exactly how many you know they they but they played in playoffs last year, didn't they play? But I don't know if they played any game sevens. But still, you know, they're I don't want to you know give them a, a pass just because they're young. But because I mean they have been there before the last couple of years. But but yeah, they just gonna need to learn how to learn how to win in those you know learn how to play in them game sevens. But. <laughs> I think the most exciting game seven of you know all five game sevens, and there there was actually close to it as close to six game sevens, um, uh, Friday night. But um, Florida was able to win that, uh, as we mentioned our uh, last show. But uh, the Pittsburgh Rangers game, Crosby and Jari uh, did play in game seven, and I was really shocked. I I don't know. I mean, I guess Jari is their guy. But Deming took over, you know, he came in in overtime. Uh, I, I had mentioned last show that he thought he came in the second period of that game one, but it was the uh, second overtime. So he had that meal before he was playing. So <laughs> it was, I, I think it would have been different meal if he was playing. But um, let me ask you this, D-Law. D- Deming. Let me ask you this. Ready? Do you go with the hot hand or do you go with your guy? Well, I it I was actually surprised. I thought there'd be a little bit of rust because Jerry hadn't played in a month. But he he actually, I mean, there's that one goal that kind of went off of a, a Pittsburgh defense. Um, can't remember his, um, who, who it was right now. Um, but he, uh, you know, kind of it was kind of fluky goal. One of those goals that that you know players like me would give up. Um, so it's kind of nice to see an HL goalie to, to give up something like that. But 
I don't know. I thought that the way Deming came in in game one and then it was his series and he, I, I would yeah, at least right. at least give him the opportunity to finish out the series game seven. Now, you know, if the Rangers scored, you know, three, four goals in the first period or, you know, maybe two, um, you know, but it just, you know, I, I thought, you know, I, I just thought that was kind of a crappy thing for for Sullivan um, to do. But uh, before the game, I guess um, I guess all the teams are starting to do this now. They're they're picking a player and they're announcing the starting lineups to the to the players in the locker room. And, um, Ryan Reeves was just, he was amped up. <laughs> and it was kind of kind of funny. Uh, yeah, it was before the game. Uh, they showed it on on uh, the coverage. Um, yeah, he's and they were making jokes about him. Oh, he's going to sit for ha- half the period to get his breath back. <laughs> um, uh, but Jeff Carter going into this game was five and zero in game sevens. Um, it, this is another overtime game. Um. I, another another weak call, I thought, for the referees. Panarin got called for a slash, and he hardly – I mean, this is a playoff hockey. I mean, he – I don't remember who he hit. Um, I didn't write that down. Uh, but he – that the Penguins actually he, – he got hit a couple times, not from Panarin and another Ranger. But it, I didn't really think it was that much of a slash. I mean, it's playoff hockey. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was kind of on his on his hands. So, yeah, you. I guess you got to call that. Um, but it was it. It was kind of more towards his arm. But I'm yeah, so. I mean, I, I guess in a way it is a penalty. There's a slashing penalty, but you know, and but in the Penguin when when he got hit, you could he like shook his hand. After it got hit, like like he got his hand chopped off, um, but uh, yeah, probably hurt. And I later in the game, uh, Luger, I don't remember his first name for the Penguins. I don't know. Maybe it. Well, I thought it looked like a slew foot. He stuck his leg out, and um, I don't remember one of the Rangers right in front of Jerry. There was no call. It was like it was late in the third period, um, but yeah, and and um, I, I thought the Penguins were they got a goal, but apparently it, I I did see a replay and it did it actually did go in, but they 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 uh, and but nobody else you know some the pucks like out in the play and but um, and I'm like. That never went in, but I I did see the I did see it a couple of different times, and it, it actually did it did cross over. So, um, um, and then um, you know Crosby took a block in the second period. He he well he had to jump, leave the leave the play, but um, he uh, he he ended up playing more and things. So it's like. If he had a head injury, now he's got a leg injury. <laughs> um, but th- uh, another goal that I don't think should have counted, um, they reviewed it. Uh, Pittsburgh scored with a high stick. 
Um, it was uh, Gensel. He uh, he actually hit it twice. Um, it was a great great play to to kick it from his leg up in the air, but it, he knocked it down with a high stick. And I don't know how they apparently it was inconclusive, but it sure looked conclusive to me. Um, but then the Rangers responded with uh, a minute five later um, on uh, Kip Miller's goal to tie the game at two. Um, but the, the, the Rangers, uh, they had a lot of ice issues uh, going on, um, and it, it kind of benefited the Penguins, actually, because of all the stoppages. And there was one right before a Penguins power play, so get, let, them, let them have, like, a, a free timeout. Um, but... Yeah, apparently they had a concert the night before, so that's what they, that's what they they were blaming the announcers were blaming on. I don't know if it was, you know, but it it it, it was a warm day, I believe, in New York, um, as they were saying. But uh, another what third line player scores on a breakaway short. I I, I they're calling it a shorthand. Um, I think it was right at the end of the. Right at the end of the uh, at the penalty, but um, apparently the Penguins are very upset at a play that happened just before uh, Zibanejad tied it up at three. Um, Marcus Patterson helmet came off. Now. Sullivan and I would Taylor remember Taylor's comment about uh, the one Boudreaux not knowing the rules. Well, he could. Where is he now? Because he sure could uh, tell tell them tell this up. Uh, you moron! <laughs> that he don't know the rules, um, because Mike Sullivan says. He didn't like the rule, but the rule's been in place for uh, quite a while. It was 2019, I believe. Uh, maybe it was before that. Um, no, I think that's right. But he said he said he has to come off the ice, and he cut, and he said the helmet was ripped off in tension. Now, I mean, his arm was on that. The Rangers' hand was on. He was in like headlock. I don't know if it was intentional. I think, you know, they're just players. He had them in a headlock. But um, Mike Sullivan does not know the rule because this here is the rule, and it comes right from the rule book. Uh, a player on the ice whose helmet comes off during the play must A, exit the playing surface, or retrieve and replace his helmet properly on his head with or without his chin strap fastened. Now, Marcus Pedersen, I mean, the helmet is literally probably like maybe two feet from him behind the net, and he puts his arms up in the air looking at the ref instead of going to get his helmet. And then he decides to go off the ice because instead of uh, step in two feet to get his helmet, and then Zibanejad scored the goal. So, I mean, if if they want to blame anybody, they should blame Marcus Pedersen for acting like a total. 
And then you yeah, got preach it. And then you got Sidney Crosby after, you know, a typical <laughs> saying uh that it was uh what do you say if I I pulled up the quote here um it, it, a terrible rule uh ends up being the difference in the game. I, he said something else too. Um but <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's not a terrible rule. It's a, it's a rule for safety. It's to say, it's, it's to help. It's, it's, a, it's a safety issue. It's, you know, it's, it, it's to benefit the players, it, it, including you, Crosby. So I, you don't have anything to cry about. I mean, it, you know, it, who's to say that is if if Patterson would have got his helmet. I mean, Sabanajan still might have scored, but I don't know. I just think they they were the Penguins are trying to look for something to uh, to complain about. But um, yeah, I, I I just think that Sullivan is just a complete mor- You're moron. Like uh, Taylor says, he you know he don't know the rules. Um, but I believe that's uh, pretty much all I have for the that recap. So I guess we can go but right. The, by the end of the day, that was a fun hockey game. Oh yeah, that was that was. Oh man, I was loving that whole game seven. I'm glad that was an early game. Um, but yeah. Um, so uh, round two matchups in the Eastern Conference, you have. Florida and Tampa Bay. That is an intriguing series. It is. Are we doing predictions? No, I think uh, Florida is going to win in seven. I think it's going to be a long series. The only thing, the only thing is Tampa Bay is a little beat up, but I think they will. I, th- I think they'll get a little bit healthy. Um, I feel like Florida is just now hitting their playoff groove. They won the last three games. Um, they're, they're just on a roll. And what? So you think it's not going to be seven? I actually agree with you, D Law. I'm going Florida and seven. Oh wow! So hopefully we'll uh, we'll get that right. So yeah, it's it's going to be a um, fun series. Um, I I just think that Florida's too strong, and they got that home ice advantage. Um, the only question for Tampa Bay is their depth, uh, the, you know, the, the, their injury. Um, that they, they seem to be beat up uh, injury wise. I don't know if it's from the Boston series or not. Um, but then you got Carolina and the Rangers. <sighs> this is this is a tough, but I think Carolina with that home with the home ice, I think Carolina is going to do it. I mean, it, I, I Carolina's got the best fans right now. Um, in, in the game of hockey, the loudest, loudest fans, they pack, they pack the PNC arena and that home ice is, is going to be different, especially games one and two. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to call Carolina and six. I'm going Carolina and seven for all the same reasons. I just think that, um, the Rangers have shown up this year. They prove that they they belong here. Can they keep it up? That's the question. Good young squad. We'll see what they can do. But I'm still going Canes and seven. And so that'll shift us to the Western Conference. 
uh, this is going to be another huge matchup. And this, this, I mean, Colorado, St. Louis, I, I got I almost don't want to predict because I almost think, I mean, obviously both teams can't win. But it, I think it could go either way. But I'm going to say Colorado and seven just because they have home ice advantage and they had a little bit of a break. The only question is Colorado didn't really have a series in round one. So they were kind of like coasting. And now they're going to come into a place St. Louis. is going to be physical. They're going to get beat up. So I, I think, you know, if Colorado can sustain that uh, – that physical presence and, and, you know, but yeah, it's going to be a long series. And, and I think it's going to be, you know, th- th- there's probably going to be a couple overtime games. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to the D law. I'm actually going to go the blues in seven. Wow. I, I just, I just feel that they have, they've turned it up here in the playoffs. They were kind of, I guess you can call them my Cinderella team. I didn't think they would get out of the first round, um, but they're big. They're fast. They've got experience. I think that's huge. And I just, I don't think Colorado is going to be able to, to hang with them physical with the, with the physicality. Um, and I just think that they're going to, they're I think they're going to falter. Yeah, and St. Louis could play both ways, offensive and defense and physical. But you know, I don't know. You really, I've always really seen Colorado offensively. They 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 shut down they, their defense as good. You know, they shut shut teams down, clog them up. But yeah, yeah I don't think they. The, I see, really the problem with Colorado is you can shut down McKinnon, but you've got uh, Cal McCarr who can come up and play as a forward, even though he's a phenomenal defenseman. Like the kid's incredible, so they get you from all over the place. So that's why I think it's going to be seven games. And then you have at what I think something a series that everybody wanted: Alberta, Edmonton, and Calgary. This is going to be a physical series. I wouldn't be surprised to see some fights in a, in a playoff uh, round matchup. Um, we haven't seen any of that so far. Um, you know, a couple here and there. Uh, but these two teams hate each other. And I don't think it's going to take long to get that rivalry boost. Game. I wouldn't be surprised to game one, you know, right out the bat. They know each other. They're, they're like, I think something like 90 miles apart or kilometers apart or whatever it is. Uh, so something like that, they're, they're like real close. Uh, the fan bases are pretty pretty amazing. Um, but it, I, I think I actually think other than the Colorado St. Louis series, I mean all four series are, are a must watch. But this one, I think, I mean the only thing is they're they're not so darn late. But um, I'm I'm going with Calgary in seven. A uh, little, I mean they're just a strong team. Yeah, I can agree with that. I'm going to go Calgary in six for all the same reasons. And uh, so just briefly, uh, uh, the playoff schedule, they it'll start tomorrow, Tuesday, um, or today if you're listening to the podcast, it's going to be published on Tuesday morning. Uh, Tampa Bay and Florida 
at 7 p.m. on TNT, and then St. Louis and Colorado at 9.30 on TNT. And then Wednesday, you got the Rangers starting at Carolina at 7 p.m. on ESPN, and then the Edmonton Calgary at 9.30 on ESPN. And then uh, Thursday uh, be game two of Tampa Bay, Florida, 7 p.m. on TNT, and then game two of St. Louis in Colorado at 9.30 on TNT. And then Friday, uh, as we're going to be recording, the Rangers and Carolina game will be going on. Uh, That starts at 8 p.m., on ESPN, and then Edmonton and Calgary at 10.30 on ESPN. And then uh, Friday we'll have the the next set of schedules for that. Um, Now, it's a short, pretty much wrapped up here, um, but I know you wanted to, uh, I was going to hold off till Friday for some news, but I think you wanted to talk about um, some coaching hirings that we just had. Yeah, so uh, it appears that the Islanders really, truly did get rid of Barry Trotz over a personnel issue. Because when you replace Barry Trotz with Barry Trotz 2.0, that tells us that there was definitely some kind of friction within the organization. I'm sure it'll stem deeper. I don't think it's going to be anything like a Joel Quinville thing. Um, Probably more hurt feelings by some of the Islanders players, but I don't know the story, so I shouldn't get too in-depth with it. But Lane Lambert, hired by the Islanders today, Uh, Lane Lambert, which we spoke about on the show the last time, um, I had thought was going to land in Detroit. So I have been... 0% 0% correct on anything I have done to date so far on the show. And that just keeps going that direction. So I predicted Lane, Lane Lambert to fall in Detroit. He is now a New York Islander head coach. Um, but again, Lane Lambert has traveled the NHL following Barry Trotz. Everywhere Trotz has gone, his lamb was sure to follow. So that's where he ended up. Um, you know, he took over, you know, his dad's position essentially. So again, Lane Lambert lands in the Island. Uh, Barry Trotz is still on the move. He could be interesting for Detroit. Possibly we'll have to see. Um, but also that also strengthens my thought of Igor Larianov coming over. So there's some interesting times coming up here in Detroit. So look forward to letting you guys know all of our thoughts on as who the coach could be as it gets closer. And uh, I also heard Barry Trotz, uh, another potential place is Seattle. Did they, are they looking for a coach? Did they flirt? No, you know, you know who is out? Our good friend, Pete DeBoer. No, that's no surprise. Who was a part of the rant room. He was let go today as well. (laughs) You guy's an idiot. If he lands in freaking Detroit, I'm going to be upset. You're a moron. That's right. I don't think Eisman will do that to the team, especially the way he uh, he's smart. He knows 
I'm sure he knows behind the scenes. You know, they they talk. That, um, that poor dude, DeBoer, screwed up his one shot. He screwed up. I know the salary's not him, but he screwed that up. He was a, His hand was in there. His name was a part of the conversation when you hear about the cap issues, even though it's not him. Um, he mismanages goalies. He's run two goalies out of there already, and it looks like he's potentially trying to in, not not intentionally injure somebody, but his actions are going to get somebody more injured than they should be by not letting them get the medical treatment that they need. I'm surprised he didn't uh, send one of the goalies uh, back to to drinking. Well, that could be a possibility after what he just put him through, that idiot. So, yeah, I hope he lands nowhere. His time's over. Go back to youth hockey. And that's all I got there, D-Law. Okay, so a nice little short show, and we'll have more uh, news. I'm sure there'll be – I haven't seen any fines, so I'm sure we'll have some fines on, on Friday's show. Um. And I think we're going to try, now this is nothing set in stone, we're going to try to launch the TV version. It's Friday. Just ba- Friday. It's going to be, it's basically just the same format, podcast. The only difference is they'll have video. So it'll be interesting. So we'll do a test uh, before that, and then we'll see if we can do it. Um, so nice little short short show here and uh, i'm sure next friday will be a, be a little bit longer so Let's thanks for friday. thanks for tuning into the podcast good night hockey town and see you smashville Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs?